Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalists John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi everyone, I'm John Schaust. And I'm Brian Cunningham. And welcome back to part two of our episode about nesting. We're going to talk about lots of things that you can do in your backyard to help birds. Yeah, we'll be talking about supporting birds nesting in your yard, that habitat, the right kinds of boxes, the right kinds of foods, and maybe a little science behind some of that nutrition. But it's all about that joy of inviting birds to your backyard and being a great landlord. So stick around for all the information and lots of fun. So Brian, hey, last episode we talked a lot about nesting, mostly about the kind of the natural history of what happens with birds, why they nest, where they nest, and the behavior with nesting, and, and all the kind of things that you look for in your backyard when birds are nesting and when they're raising your young. Now we're diving into the meat and potatoes of the whole thing, what people can do to help the birds in their backyard to nest, and how to attract some other birds maybe that have never nested in your backyard at all. Yeah, this is, this is fun. This is that practical application of all those little things that you can be doing. You know, John, thinking about birds and, and trying to nest in backyards, it always goes back to the appropriate habitat. You know, you and I have always out leading bird walks and talking birds that birds are slaves to habitat. You know, and you think, wow, what does that mean? It's that specialization where their food sources are because birds like to specialize in certain foods, certain insects or certain fruits or all sorts of different things like that. But it's about those food sources and the right kinds of vegetation to make that happen. Yeah, you think about what a task it is for a bird to raise a family in that of nestlings. I mean, good golly, not only do they have to feed themselves while being basically out of commission you know they're if they're incubating eggs they only have a very limited amount of time to go out and catch their food and like if they're an insect eater they have very limited time to go out and maintain their own uh food sources but then when the youngsters hatch the the nestlings hatch they've got to go out and get food for them too so you bet habitat is everything and it better have lots and lots of food and that's what birds are looking for when they're selecting a nesting site they're also looking for security they're looking for a place where they can nest with the high probability that predators aren't going to be an issue or there's good cover for them to build the nest in so they're well hidden and secret and, and make it harder for things to find them and disturb their nest. Uh, so security and food are the two main things when you're thinking about inviting birds to your backyard is security and food. Those are the things that you're going to think about top of mind in regards to getting these birds there. Yeah, some great things to be thinking about on that security and food to provide for the, the birds is in your own habitat, some things to look for. Do you have trees? Are they big? Are they small? Some, tr some birds like to nest in a small tree, some in very big trees. What about dense bushes or even thick grassy areas? Maybe it's ornamental grassy areas or a natural area of your yard that you can allow to grow up a little taller or even something as simple as uh, multiple brush piles around your yard, some small ones, maybe a little bit bigger, that make them kind of loose. Birds like to nest in those kinds of areas too. Yeah, and I think when people think about what they can do to help birds nest in their or attract birds uh, to their yards, it's, it's always the nest box. Well, that's the simple way, right, John? Just yeah, simply yeah, put up a know. nest box and here they come, right? If you build it, they will come. 
Yeah. So, you know, and I think I think a lot of people think, uh, you know, it is that easy. And it's, it, you know, it can be in some cases, but it also has a lot to be, you know, thinking about when you're putting a nest box in your backyard in regards to what makes a good nest box. What is a safe, you know, we're talking about that safe and secure uh, need for birds to have, feel safe and secure. What's, what's components in a nest box help them feel that way? So, um, Let's go through, help people out, and kind of understand what a good nest box looks like and how it's built. One of the first things we're always looking at is, number one, does it have good insulation? Can you take care of the birds with the heat? You get tie back and wrap around it. To... Yeah, you know, we need some, we need some R5 insulation up on there. No, no, it's just... Have a thick enough wood, whether you're using cedar, you're using pine, have a, or even a, a recycled plastic, um, having a, a half inch to three quarter inch thickness on the, the walls and on the roof, that actually will provide some insulation for the birds inside that box when they build their little nest in there. Yeah. But besides that insulation, you also need some, some cross ventilation. Because if it gets really hot, you know, especially in you're in southern North America, you get some of those that springtime kicks in pretty early, and the heat can start to kick in. So allow that air to pass through the box and take yeah. some of the extra heat out if it's really hot days. Yeah, one of the, one of the things to think about too uh, is it's actually what type of box for what type of bird. You know, when, when when you talk about security, uh, if I'm a, 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 a prothonotary warbler or a house wren, is the hole in the box you know a huge like is it a two inch diameter and allows any critter to get in there or any starling to come in and take over my nest or is it a one inch hole that only i can get in and out of so you know finding out what bird you're really targeting and what size box and what size entry hole uh, is really kind of a, a little basic thing to think about before you start uh, selecting your nest box for your yard yeah our certified bird feeding specialists at the wild birds unlimited stores are experts in that they have the right boxes with the right sizes right entry holes and you can talk to them about if i want to attract certain birds they'll also know what are the right birds in our area for them so very important parts yeah another thing to think about too is drainage i mean you wouldn't think that a nest box would have a problem with water and drainage but you know you get some of these storms that that you know really downpour and the winds blowing the stuff the rain you know sideways uh, you definitely want to have the ability to drain off any water that gets inside of that nest box. And so uh, making sure that a good quality nest box has drainage holes in the bottoms, preferably in the corners of the bottom, uh, is a real key factor or design element. of it. You know, John, one of my favorite aspects of a good nest box is that not only the ability to monitor it, but also clean it out. Yeah. Uh, I've had a lot of fun putting out a nest box and where the roof lifts up so you can see in, you can monitor the babies, watch them, watch the parents building the nest, laying the eggs, and seeing the little nestlings when they're young. Uh, but then also to be able to pop the side open and then be able to clean out that nest at the end of the season, um, just to be able to maintain a nice clean nest. Um, so having that ability to monitor as well as clean it out. Yeah, Brian, let me assure everybody that's maybe a little nervous right now. This is actually perfectly safe, and it's all absolutely good to do. Uh, and, and there are proper ways to monitor a nest box. And we're, we'll talk about that in more detail in just a few minutes. 
Uh, one of the things that has developed over the years is a fledgling ladder, and it's just a matter of either using a rough inner surface on the wood or making little notches and, and scratches in the wood, or some uh, manufacturers even put a little piece of uh, hardware cloth, a little mesh, uh, and attach it to the to the uh, front of the, the box. Because sometimes if it's a really smooth surface, the little nestlings may have a hard time getting up to the hole to be able to fledge. And so this just makes it a little bit easier for them to get up to the hole and be able to get out of the box when it's time to go out into that big, bad world on their own. So, John, you mentioned that fledgling ladder, and all I could picture was this. It's like this little tiny ladder that you build inside, and all the little babies are climbing up to poke their head out of the hole and say, Hello, world. So Ryan, basically, been, that's what you're talking about, right? Ryan, you've been watching too many cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> So I did want to mention uh, uh, one thing that, you know, these decorative birdhouses have been the rage for a number of years now. I don't, you know, you go into a lot of stores and, and you see these beautifully decorated boxes. There's paintings, there's artistic designs. I mean, they're gorgeous boxes. Well, who wouldn't but, want something like looking nice like that in their yard, right? Absolutely. You know, if you're if you're in the you're living in your backyard a lot and enjoy it, you bet. It's a, it's a neat little artistic statement. Well, just a word of caution: a lot of those decorative boxes don't have the design elements that Brian and I were just talking about in regards to the insulation value of the materials and the ventilation and the drainage and the ability to clean them out. So you want to make sure that when, if you do use a decorative box and select one of those, that it does have those design elements that we just talked about that are really important for the safety and security of those birds. You know, John, one thing that I usually see on a decorative house is a perch. Yeah. And it's kind of that classic look, right? You think <laughs> a, a nest box, this is the bird's little home, they land on a perch and then go in the hole. Not needed, right? Yeah, all the cavity nesting birds that would use natural cavities in trees or, or wherever it might be, bottom line is they don't have perches on those holes. They're used to either grabbing onto the front of the, the, you know, landing in front of the hole and then going in on their own or flying directly into the hole, which is a very cool thing to watch. Yes. Uh, so they don't use perches in nature. So why do we put perches on nesting boxes? Not needed and actually can cause problems because it's attracting house sparrows and starlings, which are very competitive against many of our native birds. And since they're actually a non-native bird and have caused problems for some of our cavity nesting birds, like bluebirds especially, uh, we don't want to do anything to encourage starlings and house sparrows to use our nesting boxes in our backyards. So now that we've talked about different nest boxes, the different things you're gonna wanna look for in a good, safe nest box, where do we put it in our yards? And that's really gonna depend on the particular birds that you're trying to attract and that right kind of box for the right kind of location in our yard. Yeah, you know, again, you and I field a lot of questions from people, uh, you know, contacting Wild Birds Unlimited and having these types of uh, questions. And this is probably one of the top questions we get when it comes to nesting because, you know, where do I put it? Do I put it out in the middle of the sun? Do I put it in the trees? Do I put it up in the woods? Do I put it out in the open in my backyard? Do I hang it on the side of my house? Where's a good spot? And so, yeah, I know it's kind of like overwhelming, but it really it's not, uh, you know, and, and, and it does take maybe a little homework. But as you and I described in our last uh, podcast, talking about some of the nesting locations of some of the birds, like house wrens and Carolina wrens and house finches, you know, they'll use a wreath on your door. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, a wide variety of uh, particular locations. The main thing you want to guard for uh, initially is uh, security. 
again, we talked about security for the birds. You yes, want to make indeed. sure it's some, some place where they have cover. Uh, fairly close by, but not too close to hide predators, but cover that the fledglings, when they do come out of the nest, when uh, they have ability to go to some place uh, on their initial flight uh, that gives them cover and safety. Uh, you want to put that box probably at a height level. Again, you, you want to monitor your box, and we'll talk more about that in a few seconds. But you want to be able to have it probably about eye level. You want to be able to open the door and check on those nestlings in there or the eggs. And, and so if you haven't any higher than that, you're going to have a hard time doing that. So Yeah, I get questions quite a bit when someone says, you know, I, I put a nest box on my fence or I put a nest box on my tree and something got into it. And it's devastating when that happens. Uh, maybe the eggs disappear, the nestlings disappear. Uh, but it's it always it I, I grieve with people. Um, when that happens to them. So I like to say, definitely don't don't put your nest box on that fence or on that tree. Best place to put it in general is on its own post out in the open enough where you're going to be able to keep those predators at bay. Yeah, and if you do put on a post, you'll want to put some type of predator guard on that post, uh, some type of baffle or, or whatever it might be. I, and I honestly, I would say that that would be my personal number one thing that I would ask people to do. Uh, always put some form of predator guard on that nesting box or on the pole, preferably on the pole that you've got the nesting box mounted to, uh, because otherwise you are, especially in a in a suburban area, you're you're really leaving that nesting uh, box kind of vulnerable to predators like raccoons, who can climb those poles pretty easily, and they're pretty tricky in being able to get their hand into that nest and and grabbing the eggs and things like that. So. A predator guard is a really, really important thing uh, when yeah. putting a nest box in your backyard. Yeah, it's kind of a sobering thing to think about, but do it. Do it early on when you set up that box, and then you're going to help save yourself a lot of heartache. So definitely we need, to, we need to have mentioned that. But that my favorite part, though, with any of this, being that good landlord, getting everything set up, is being able to observe that little bird family <laughs> as they continue to progress. They, they are so cute. <laughs> so John, there's all, all sorts of great tips about how do you approach that box and when as well, because that can that there's a an endpoint when you should not be observing that box anymore. But I love when you first notice they're starting to build and the parents are taking nesting materials in. And uh, sometimes it's really entertaining watching the nesting materials yeah. go in. You think if I'm building a house, I got lots of lumber or I've got lots of other materials. I love it when a bird's trying to take something to a nest box and they have this tiny little hole that they're trying to enter with this really <laughs> big stick. <laughs> It's it's almost going back to the cartoons. It's it won't go in. It's sideways and it won't go in the hole. How do I get this big stick inside that tiny little it, hole? It is so funny you bring that up. I literally just yesterday I've got a house friend moving into a nest box right outside my my yard. I've got a little hillside next to my yard and I've got a, a wren box up on the hillside. And I sat there eating my lunch watching this wren doing exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> they just fill a nest box with sticks. That's their nesting material. They literally fill the box full of sticks. And this this dude was just over and over again going down to the ground, grabbing a little stick, putting it in sideways into the box, going down to the ground, grabbing a stick, back, just over and over. Finally, he got a stick that was probably about three times wider than any other one he'd ever gotten, and he couldn't figure out how to get the angle to get in there. He tried, and he tried, and he tried, and finally he just went to the ground, dropped that one, and picked up a different one and went back. So it was fun to watch that. 
Uh, reminds me of all those times moving and my kids have started moving out and you're trying to move a couch. <laughs> I kind of equate it to that. That couch and that stick are pretty similar. Just trying to get it one through a door or up some stairs. Very entertaining. And that is that is the payoff for having nesting in your backyard uh, to see little vignettes like that, which are just entertaining and very cool and very revealing. Uh, and so monitoring your nest box is really a, a kind of a crucial part of the whole process uh, and you know making sure you know what's going on with that box uh, making sure that you kind of know where they're at in the cycle of nesting are they building the nest have they laid the first egg are they now incubating the eggs are the eggs hatched are the the, the uh, nestlings getting ready to fledge getting old enough to fledge so knowing where they're at uh, you know here at my house uh, I, I monitor my boxes about every four or five days I walk around just check and see what's going on yeah we're talking keeping predators at bay and you do that route and you go check all your boxes uh, one of those great tips that you don't think about is when you approach a box and you check it you are leaving a scent and raccoons will follow that trail sometimes snakes might follow that trail too uh, but once you check it continue on don't go back the way you came so don't walk out terminate at a box and walk back the same don't way do a dead end. keep on going yeah don't do a dead end keep on going and move to another box uh, go to another tree go to something else and then that scent trail just continues on. And then those critters don't have anything to try to figure out, well, wow, this, this scent ends here. Let's check up. Yeah. If it doesn't continue off. on, it must go up. So just continue your, your travels around. Um, and I'm sure you usually are checking all of your boxes, maybe in the morning time, but never at night. Yeah, absolutely. You know, early morning hours. Uh, definitely don't want to do it at night because I don't want to leave that fresh scent trail leading right to the box. And, of course, most of our predators, like raccoons, are active at night. So don't want to give them any extra clue as to where these uh, nesting uh, youngsters are at. Uh, and I stop actually monitoring my box once the nestlings start to get pretty well feathered. And I know they're getting pretty close to coming out of that nest box. I, I try to time it to where I definitely am not checking that box maybe three or four days before they, I anticipate them being ready to fludge. Uh, because one of the things I don't want to do is to spook them out of the box too early. Uh, so I stop monitoring once they get pretty well feathered, you know, once their flight feathers are getting pretty significant, you know, in length and pretty well grown. So an interesting thing, if you think I've never seen a baby bird like that, and you talk about getting those feathers, that when most of our songbirds are born, their eyes are closed and they're naked. They don't have feathers yet. And as that's the cool part about monitoring is after they've hatched, you can watch those what's called pin feathers. It's a little feather with a sheath around it, and they start growing out. And so it's kind of like our hair growing out, but then the feather erupts out of that sheath and starts to look like an actual feather. So that's when you talk about they start feathering out, uh, you can actually see that process. So yeah, very, very cool, cool to watch. Very cool. So a little bit about habitat, uh, definitely uh, information about nesting boxes. Um, what about food? Can we, can we help our feathered friends uh, be more successful at nesting and, and fledging their young with uh, certain types of foods? Indeed we can. We talked about it's about security. And it's about food. When they're looking for that place to raise their family, having some good food, good quality food, what they're looking for is an abundance of it, but also can they find stuff that's high in protein and high in calcium? 
Yeah, it's almost like my son. He and his wife uh, kind of uh, just bought a new home uh, about a year ago, and I think they don't think that they <laughs> judged where the bride their home was. All the food they moved into a part of town that's known for all the nice food uh, emporiums and restaurants and everything else. Local, all local, all uh, you know, one one of a kind, and they love it. And that's I think had a big part <laughs> as to why they picked where they're living. If if you can uh, anthropomorphize them about being concerned about the protein and the calcium, they just are naturally looking for that because their bodies are saying, I crave that. Mom, as she's starting to get ready to nest and lay eggs, she needs a lot of calcium. And she's the more calcium and the protein that she has in her area, then that's going to help her to be successful at nesting. It might actually even determine how many eggs that she's going to lay. Um, it also helps that eggshell formation as she um, she develops an egg each day during the nesting season and lays an egg generally each morning in that nest and so that's really cool to go out and watch and watch each day you're going to have another egg next morning you should have another egg next morning another egg until you get to as many as they're going to have um, then that protein as well is going to help her just keep that energy going and and the developing of those eggs. And as we mentioned, I think in the past, uh, feathers are like 90% protein, they're keratin. So uh, protein is incredibly important to birds and especially a youngster growing in their first set of feathers. So uh, food sources for calcium uh, in nature are kind of a cool thing because you know, like where, where does a bird get, you know, they're not drinking milk, how are they getting calcium? So bottom line, a lot of natural food supplies, uh, they will find eggs. You might actually, I've seen this a couple of times, uh, you know, when a, when a bird's in the nest, the egg hatches. They clean the nest out of all the old eggshells and they'll fly away and dump it somewhere. And every once in a while you'll be walking around in your yard and you will find like half an egg shell in your backyard. Mystery and, uh, solved. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it got there. But then other birds will come in and take that egg and eat it because of the calcium. They need the calcium to lay their own eggs, so they'll eat the remnants of the nestling's egg from the adult I had already gotten rid of. So that's very, very cool. Uh, there's other things. Every once in a while, I've seen this a couple of times, where birds will like be on a brick house in the mortar. They'll be actually like nibbling on the mortar, pecking at the mortar. on the. That's full of a lot of, of, of limestone and therefore calcium. So beyond your natural foods, one of the things that I found is really, uh, really very fun. I love to use it in my yard. Some foods that are high in protein and have added calcium. And Wild Birds Unlimited, uh, we've developed some foods that are very specific for that. And the Wild Birds Unlimited nesting super blend and our super suets, uh, very specifically, they were designed with the right ingredients to have this high protein content and have added calcium. And I got to tell you, in all the foods that I test in my yard, those foods the birds go crazy over especially in nesting season they are all over it it's got the right kinds of nutrition that they want and the activity is incredible how do they know what's in there how do they know what they like and that but you know it's kind of like right. our own cravings it's just birds have cravings for the certain types of minerals and and uh, nutrients that they need and that's exactly why they're attracted to those those foods that we have and and uh, it really does make a difference i i really do believe that so well, again, I, Brian, I think we've uh, kind of given a lot of details in, in regards to what people can do to attract birds to their backyard and, and uh, help their birds be successful at nesting in their yards. 
so again, we would recommend if you want to learn more about this, again, we are the champions for the National Wildlife Federation Certified Wildlife Habitat Program. And we would encourage you to go to either WBU.com or NWF.org to learn more about what you can do to improve the habitat in your backyard and to help birds be more successful at nesting. Well, John, this has been a lot of fun. I know it's been a lot of like actual data and information, but lots of fun about what's the right kind of cover, the right kind of space, uh, the right kinds of foods to really be great landlords and attract uh, a wide variety of birds to invite them into our yards and raise their families and, and have the joy of doing that. So on behalf of all of us here at Wild Birds Unlimited, we really do thank you for joining us for our nature-centered podcast and encourage you to join us next time when we plan to talk about frequently asked questions. Easy for you to say. <laughs> frequently asked questions. Yes, those questions that we hear over and over again. But as always, we'll let nature be our guide. So please take care and be safe. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Centered. To subscribe to this podcast, for show notes, or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered.